testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Amen. Okay, so did you hear that? Resonating through all of that, it's time. The time is near. The time for what? The time for what? Well, there's a lot here, and there's a few things that we're going to touch on that we can respond to this very morning. And there are a couple other things I'm just going to give you, like uh, coming attractions for the things that we'll be looking at in the weeks to come. Now, what we know from what we've just read is that we have the Godhead. One God, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. They are working together in this, right? God the Father is giving the message about God the Son, Jesus Christ. And through the Holy Spirit and the angel coming to John, Jesus' BFF apostle, right? And through him, inspiring him to write this prophecy, to write these words of God. So what I want you to see is that we have a Godhead. We have God, one God, three persons, the Father you've always wanted, the brother, Jesus Christ, who gave his heart for transplant to you so that you could live, your brother who can beat up anybody on the planet who loves you, and you have the Holy Spirit, his life within you. We have that. We have our God in loving relationship in himself and in love relationship with an ordinary person, John. Speaking to an ordinary person, John, who is in exile on an island called Patmos, which is modern-day Turkey, because of his faith. He's been marginalized. He's been rejected, right? And God is having a relationship with him. Now, get this. This is the real cool part. Here's where I'm going with it. That triune God, through Jesus Christ, wants to have the same relationship with you and speak to you, no matter who you are, no matter if you've been rejected, marginalized, put aside, no matter what you've gone through, that God is here this morning and wants to speak to you, wants to speak to me. Let that blow your mind for a second. Okay, let's go back to the, to the passage and, and start looking at different parts of it. I'd like you to think about the first four words. What is this whole confusing book of prophecy all about? Well, the first four words of the, of the passage are this. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And that is huge. Get this. The revelation of Jesus Christ means that not only as we go through this book, not only as we come together and study it, but right here, right now, the person, the eternal person, God, Jesus Christ, is going to reveal himself to your hearts, to your minds, to your spirit. He is going to reveal himself. Now, uh, before we go on, I want to, um, I want to show you something, if, if I could. Um, if everybody could stand just for a minute. I'll let you sit in, in just a second. But as we do this, I'd like you to look around. Look around, and we'll get to know each other. Um, if you were born before 1950, you could sit, because you, you probably need to. Okay, look at the people who just sat. Be kind to them. If you were born before 1960, sit down. Okay, those are your hippies, okay? If you're born between 1970, sit down. I know, sit down, yeah. 
Those are the people who got into disco. If you were born before 1980, sit down. If you're born before 1990, sit down. Oh, if you're born before the year 2000, sit down. If you're born after that, you need to sit. You just learned how to stand. Okay. Jesus is the most fundamental, crucial figure in all of history. Say, I don't believe that. Really? You know what we just did? You and I and everybody in this place just gave testimony that Jesus Christ is the most fundamental figure in all of history. Because your lifespan is measured by its distance from his earthly lifespan. Do you get that? Your life is measured and defined by its distance from his earthly life. That's what we just did. Every time you write a check, every time you write the date, you're giving testimony that Jesus Christ lived and is, is, is the way that we define our lives. More than that, your real life, your inside life, your soul life is measured by whether or not you allow his life into yours. So the revelation of Jesus Christ is exactly, exactly what we need. Do you understand? Do you understand who is going to be revealed? Who is going to be revealed? Some of us think, oh yeah, it's going to be a first century, wimpy, peasant, religious carpenter who had 1970s feathered hair. No, no. First, uh, Colossians chapter 1 says, he created all things. In him, all things also hold together. This God, this Jesus, who, who spoke everything into creation, who is the Lord over all creation, created you, created me. And when things started to fall apart because sin entered the world through our first parents, when you and I started to fall apart, Jesus didn't stop loving us. No, he loved us even when we could care less. He didn't walk up and see this mess and go, that's a disaster. Good luck with that. No. His love poured out and he put on skin and came on a rescue mission and lived the life I should have lived. The way I should have lived it. He lived the life that you should have lived. The way you should have lived it. And then he not only did that, but he took all our sin. All the things that we did and thought and felt that broke his heart, that hurt other people, all our bad decisions, all our mistakes, all our selfishness. And he took that upon himself and he took it to the cross and he died for it. He paid the penalty that I deserve to, to pay, that you deserve to pay in our place as our substitute for us. And then he rose again so that he could give us that same new life. He conquered and won over death, Satan, hell, the grave, despair, worry, pain, disease, everything. And he wants to pour that new life into you and into me. That is the Jesus that is going to be revealed. And he gives us, he offers that new life to us. It's time. It's time to enter into that. If you never have, or if you have already, yeah, I walked an aisle. Yeah, I used to go to church. Yeah, I used to be. Really? Where are you now? How's your relationship with Christ now? 
It's time. As he reveals himself to your heart through his word, through his Holy Spirit, it's time for us to respond. You know what? It's his free gift. You're saying, I'm not in any shape to connect with God. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you're saying that, you're the very person that Jesus came for. If you've got a rap sheet as long as your arm, it doesn't matter. Jesus wants you. It's time to come to him. If you've done things in your past that would make Lady Gaga blush, it doesn't matter. Jesus wants you. It's time to come to him. If you've gotten things so twisted up that your life is a hot mess, it doesn't matter. Jesus wants you. It's time for you to come to him. That's the free gift. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now if you're caught up in a lifestyle that you know breaks his heart and is breaking seven of the Ten Commandments. It doesn't matter. Jesus wants you. He wants to give you life. It's time to come to him. That's good news. And you know, you know, as you look around, you know who's most excited about this? The people who know their lives are like mine, a train wreck without Jesus Christ. That's who's getting most excited. You know who's getting ticked off right now? Even as I say this, even though it's true, religious people. People who think they're good enough. People who've been trying to keep rules in order to gain the favor, the acceptance of God. Trying to control their lives. Trying to white-knuckle their behavior. Trying to straightjacket morality thinking that that's going to gain God's favor. Just like in the Bible. You know who came to Jesus? The wrecked people. You know who rejected him? The ones who thought they were good enough. We say we don't do that today. Yes, we do. You know what we do? We go to church. We go to Bible study. Not, Not that that's bad. But if you think that that's going to get you acceptance to God, the only thing that gets you acceptance to God is Jesus Christ, and it's his free gift. It's called grace. Wrecked people love grace. Religious people, well, that puts them on the same level as everybody else. And how can that be? They've worked so hard for God's approval. Jesus is God's approval. That's what he offers you. It's time to get it. Okay, so that is who is going to be revealed. That's the Jesus. And when it says revealed, it doesn't just mean you're going to collect facts about Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean you're just going to learn things about him. It means he'll be revealed before you. You'll know he's real. Stand in his presence. Your heart will resonate as it's never resonated before with the truth of God's presence. And you'll have the opportunity to receive him. Even if you've already received him, to receive him more deeply. Or to just walk away. It sounds like a no-brainer to me. I I hope it does to you, too. It's time. So this book is all about Jesus Christ being revealed. What is Revelation about? It's about the revelation of Jesus Christ. First four words. Something else you probably picked up as we read the passage is that this is about the future. In two places in the passage, it talks about that. In verse 1, it says, to show what must soon take place. And then in verse 3, again, it refers to this book as the words of prophecy. To be able to know the future. How cool is that? 
I mean, really, haven't you always been? Aren't we kind of wired to have this fascination with knowing what the future holds? Yes. Yes, for me, I know. I grew up in a family with three sisters. And I, I realized I had a fascination to know the future when they made those stupid paper foldy things. The fortune tellers, you know what I'm talking about? They walk up to me, Tommy, pick a number, four, one, two, three, four. Pick a color, blue, B-L-U-E. Here's your fortune. You're a dork. It didn't matter what number, what color. I was always a dork, really? So I'm going to play my own game, right? I get a magic eight ball, right? Yeah, ask it a question, turn it over. Ask again later. Ask a question, turn it over. Answer not clear. You're a dork. Come on! Now, I don't know what you're into, but people have a fascinating psychics, palm readers, tarot cards, horoscope, fortune cookies. At least they taste good, right? Maybe you're into the, the placemats at House of China. I did that, you know. You get your birthday. When was I born? 1965. Do the math. I'm 46. You read it? Oh, apparently I'm a snake. I should marry a fish or a monkey. I didn't. I married a fox. Ha! It goes on to say, you tend to be sensitive and work hard. And P.S., you're a dork. Come on! But what if, what if, what if you could really know beyond the shadow of a doubt what the future holds, what God's plan is? What if that story had you written into it? You're in this book. And as we go through it, you'll find your place in it. And as you do, if you find your place in Jesus Christ, that is such a glorious and unexplainable future. And I want that to give you hope. And it tells us that we'll find out about the future. The things which are to come, the word says. The words of this prophecy. How do we know? Well, it's not through prediction. It's through that word that's in the scripture. The words of prophecy. Prophecy is different than prediction. You see, God knows what is going to happen. Previous to Revelation, there have been hundreds and hundreds of prophecies in the Bible. And they have all come true with stunning and painstaking accuracy. It is absolutely startling if you, if you get into studying it. How can God have a 1,000 batting average? And we, we wrestle with this question. You go, don't we have free will? Don't we have free will? Maybe we don't have free will. Maybe he just knows the choices that we're going to make with our free will. Well, when we ask questions like this, I think we're looking in the wrong direction. Yes, the Bible tells us we do have free will. Yes, the Bible tells us God also knows the choices that we'll make with our free will. But more than that, God can tell what is in the future, get this, because he's already there. He is already there. We can't think of God in this limited Western 21st century linear way. God created time, but God is not limited by time. I'm going to show you this from the scripture. 
God is not limited by time. He exists outside of time in what some have called the eternal now. Now, for those of you who are not that Star Trekky or Doctor Who-ish, we'll put it this way. C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, if you picture time as a straight line along which we have to travel, then you must picture God as the whole page on which the line is drawn. Are you dialing that in? God created time. God is not limited by time. The very God who tells you about the future has already prepared it for you, is already there, and says to you, I've got you. Come to me. It's time. It's time. I hold the future. I can hold you too. It's time. In Isaiah 46, this is thousands of years. This is way before Jesus came. Isaiah spoke the word of God. He wrote it and it said, uh, God was saying, I am God and there is none like me. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, if you want to look it up later. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purposes. God is saying, if I said it, it is going to happen. Every one of thousands of prophecies before this have been fulfilled with stunning accuracy. And these shall be too. Because he's there. It's time. You need any more convincing that it's time? The prophecies we'll look at in Revelation, there remains no major prophecy that must be fulfilled before Jesus Christ returns. It's time. And we're called to live ready. And that's a great time to be alive. It's a great, thrilling time. Psalm 139, again, God and time. King David wrote about God. Your, Psalm 139.16, your eyes saw my unformed substance. You getting this? This is before he was created. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. Every one of what? The days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. Did you get that? Did you get that? If it's true of David, it's true of you. It's true of me. There's a book that God has, that God wrote, that has every day of your life in it. And that God who holds the future is offering to hold you and bring you through it for your blessing and your joy and his glory. There's a book. There's a book that was written before your substance was formed. You don't write a book about things you don't love. You don't spend time on paper plates. You spend time on things that are precious to you. There's a plan, and God has written it out. And you have a chance to meet the author and have him walk you through it. It's time. It's time. So it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're going to see it through prophecy, fulfilled through time, because God is already there. And there's a blessing. I want you to take a look at it before we close. There's an incredible blessing. 
Verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. That's good news for me. It's good news to you, too, if you can go home and just read it. Okay? And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. Because the time is near. It's time. There's a certain kind of blessing whenever we read any portion of Scripture. But this revelation is the only book in all of Scripture that promises a specific blessing for those who would read, speak, hear, and do what it says. I want that blessing. And I so want that blessing for you. Don't leave here without it. What is the blessing? First four words of the scripture. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That Christ in all his glory, in all his love, in all his beauty, in all his holiness, in all his mercy, in all his passion for you would be revealed to your heart. That you would be drawn to him as he is lifted up. That God that we talked about that came on the rescue mission for you, that died in your place and rose for your life so that you could walk away from life without him and step across that line into life with him. That's the blessing, that we'd all have Jesus Christ revealed in an undeniable way to our hearts and that we would receive that. I'm not asking you to become a moral superstar. I'm not asking you to clean up your life. I'm not asking you to join Bethany. I'm not asking you to be a Baptist. God is not asking you to be right now in any condition other than what you are in. But he is inviting you into that new creation, into that new kingdom, into that new life, earned for you by God the Son, Jesus Christ. And what awaits you there, you can't in your most vivid dreams and imaginations picture what he has planned. Is it going to be rough? You bet. Is it going to be glorious? Oh, indescribably so. Will you have life without it? No. Can you have life to the full in him? Absolutely. Are you more wrecked than you feared? Yes, you are. All of us are. Are you more loved than you've ever dreamed? Yes. And in that, we celebrate. That's why we stand. That's why we clap. That's why some of us raise our hands. Because of nothing we've done and everything he's done. And this is the time to enter into it. We're going to enter into it throughout this series. But this is the time. This is the time. One final thing I want you to take a look at. This whole ball of wax, everything we've been talking about. Verse 1 says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is going to be revealed. 
which God gave to him to show who? His servants. This is for those who belong to him. And Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to go where he's not invited. So it's time. Before it's time for your stomachs to eat, it's time for your soul to feast on the fact that Jesus is here and he wants to, just as he's going to do with heaven and earth, have heaven and earth crash in together and create this glorious creation, anew and afresh. He wants to do that, not just in heaven, not just in earth, but in your heart, right here, right now. It's time. It's not close to time. It is time. There's a rope that stretches across the stage. This represents a line between life without Christ and life in Christ. Entering into that fullness of relationship with him that saves us. If we'll just repent, if we'll do a U-turn, that's what the Bible says. Do a U-turn. U-turns are encouraged all the time. You ever take a wrong turn in your, in your car? Recalculating. Make a legal U-turn. That's what Jesus is saying to you right now. I want to reveal myself to you. Make a U-turn. Step across the line. It's time. Some of you have never done that. Some of you have never, never given yourself wholeheartedly, surrendered to the free gift of Jesus Christ, saying, you know what? You did what I couldn't do. You're God, I'm not. I've tried to manage my life. I'm a wreck. But you made it right. Don't anyone leave here thinking you're not good enough. None of us are. He was good enough for all of us. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Some of you have already come to Jesus Christ. You walked an aisle, you raised a hand, you got baptized. Where's your heart been lately? Some of you came to college thinking you were going to keep walking with God and you did anything but. He didn't stop loving you. For some of you, the busyness and the worries of this world have carried you far. Bring your heart back. It's time. So for those of you who belong to him and those of you who long to, don't leave here without doing business with God. It's time. Let him reveal himself to your heart. And when he does, don't walk away. As we sang, run into his arms. Let's pray. Lord, you're good and we aren't. And you're good to us when we don't deserve it. In fact, we've done everything to not deserve it. And your love is stronger than that. Your cross is bigger than that. Lord, you lived the life we couldn't live and died the death that we deserve. And you rose again so that even in our wreckage and our sin, if we trusted in you, if we entered into you, you'd be revealed. We'd have new life. That's what we're here for. And you give us that opportunity. It's time. 
So I ask, Lord, that you embolden everyone here. For those who do not belong to you, yet long to and have heard your invitation, not from my lips, but from you speaking directly to their hearts. Let them come. Let them step over the line into new life in you because it's time. Let those who belong to you, Lord, who have committed their lives to you, but have been walking away for different reasons, Lord, now is the time to come back, to start afresh and anew, because your life and your love and your refreshment and your forgiveness and your restoration is always there. I embolden them. I ask you to embolden them to come. Lord, we're all so dependent. We're all so desperate for you. Let us not walk away the same but cross the line. Receive you as you're revealed to us. It's time. In Jesus' beautiful name, we pray.